0: While you've been out on the road Waiting for a new episode We've been thinking of you what you need Oh, yeah, yeah Now that the show's underway I guess we can't call
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Bowfinger Minute podcast. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1999 Frank Oz-directed comedy Bowfinger, one minute of screen time per episode. I've been one of your hosts this week, Jim O'Kane of the Airport Minute, the uh, Apollo 13 Minute, and the Rocketeer Minute.
0: And I'm Hal Bryan of the Rocketeer Minute. it has been uh, flying alongside Jim all week, and this, <laughs> is, this has been fun.
1: It is. It's, it's been a really good week. Lots of great. Uh, we we really we really aced it on some really great scenes here. We really did, and we
0: we survived yesterday, as far yes. as I can tell. Yes, was... yes,
1: we're still we're still all we still respect each other. So <laughs> yes. it, it's uh, um But this this minute minute sixty as we begin the second hour, uh, we start with Jiff uh, telling uh, Daisy how awesome she is. Right, and uh, we end with uh, Jerry Renfo's car pulling up. Uh, at this at this parking spot, Mark Jerry Renfro. So, uh, <laughs> and
0: that's great. How Jeff starts the scene because you know yesterday he's he's uh, as we said he's not leering, he's not lecherous, as you said, he's just giggly and excited by what he's seeing and how great his job is. But he's still, even in a about as innocent as you could probably make it. He's he's still sort of objectifying. Uh, Daisy at that point it was, I mean, he's seeing what he's seeing and you know oh my gosh this is awesome and things but then there's something so charming Is right we go into this minute now he leans into her and now he's he's still got that ridiculous squinty <laughs> smile but he's telling her he's complimenting her you're doing great you're going to be a star and I noticed too I hadn't thought about this before but he's really he's making eye contact he's no longer you know staring ugly. yeah <laughs> he's no longer ugly he's no longer looking about 18 inches south so.
1: Yeah, and he's he's giving good good solid positive feedback. So yeah, right. Know, he's, he's just, uh...
0: <laughs> Poor long suffering Bowfinger just <laughs> and
1: God. Yeah. It's like okay, we're done with that one. And um, oh gosh, yeah, it's it's terrible how um, it, it, you know everybody seems to be uh, slogging through this thing. It, it, you know, it, it's like, I, and I think we're getting that we're getting that from he's he's reaching a dead end because he doesn't know. He doesn't know where Kit Ramsey's gonna be, and he's got to finish these other scenes, and he can't keep using Jeff because there's so many sh- so many over-the-shoulder shots you can do with Jeff. Right. So it's uh, he's in a bad bad uh, a bad mood and sits down in a, a legendary mid-century uh, Eames chair that uh, which was kind of like it's become the symbol of mid-century modern. Um, right. I know my. Uh, my folks had an Eames chair. My mom bought it back in the '70s, I think. And um, when my when my mom went into a nursing home, the first thing my son asked me was, "Can I have her Eames chair if you're not using it?" And I was like, "Really? And I was like, okay." No kidding. And then, yeah, and he he has he has he lives in Portland, which is kind of mid century modern's uh, mecca, I think. I don't know. Right. I, I, yeah, but it, he it had,
0: fights with Austin, I think, for yeah. that role
1: yeah and uh and so he he's up in portland with his with his eames chair and he thinks it's like the greatest it's the uh you know game of thrones thing just for, it's just very is not amazing he has his eames, his eames uh-huh. chair and to me it was always you know it's the chair my my dad used to read the sunday paper and he just kind of sit down put his feet up on the uh the little leather ottoman thing and uh and read the paper um but apparently it's just a major and, and from looking i mean i I was doing some research on, you know, what it's like to buy an Eames chair and they're, oh my gosh, you'd think they were made out of gold. The 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 prices are just amazing. Um
0: Brilliant. and the other uh I think the other notable chair from roughly that same era, sorry, the mid-century chair is the uh chromecraft sculpta. Oh uh, yeah. Uh which which we know from the bridge. Is it the bridge of Star Trek or the ready growth? I think it's the bridge in the original series.
1: Yeah. yeah
0: and uh you know you see those pop up from for sale for time to time and, and it's the same sort of thing you know it's but uh, it's a it's a very nice looking chair it's very striking and things but it's a 60 year old sort of office chair but it might they might be asking you know three grand for a pair yeah
1: yeah and and all that that modernist style i mean gosh i mean i remember going to school and they were in our school's cafeteria these you know the plastic for the, the fiberglass version and you see them on ebay now and there's like why is there a comma in that (laughs) that price i don't understand um but it's uh i think i guess it's it's an antique for people who didn't live in that time right so it's just um but it's just it's it's fascinating to see this uh these little things um i know my dad had a uh a kind of a dresser organizer that you could put your you could take your watch off and you could take your you know ring your wallet and stuff like that and it's uh it, it's in the shape of a ceramic kangaroo and like you could you know, on the tail you could hang the you could hang your watch on the tail and he had like a pouch in the back that you could put the you could put your wallet in and and you know empty your cufflinks into like a little front pocket um and i remember sitting in a movie theater watching pulp fiction And Bruce Willis's character had one on his dresser. I'm like, that's my dad's uh, dresser (laughs) organizer. Isn't that amazing? And apparently, that's become a thing now too. And it's just, you know, all these things that you kind of grew up with that are like, "Eh, whatever, are now. um, I guess it's because it's ephemera. You weren't expecting it to be some kind of a uh, an ultimate, you know, symbol of a of an era.
0: Right, and it's, and we have a tendency not to recognize those things, you know, when they're contemporary.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you know, and it's like that, you don't that's look why around the
0: room and say, "Oh my gosh, this this couch is so 2023." Yeah, <laughs> you know, there's really
1: nothing. If you knew you could run over to IKEA and just start buying stuff that you think you know is going to be worth something in 30 years, but right, yeah, and throw uh, it in a
0: throw it in a warehouse.
1: Yeah,
0: um, you know, as we we look at the chair, the uh, the score here is great. You and I were talking about this about yeah. before the show started, uh, and you've just got this great sort of. Jaunty little, you know, advancement music that's done, dun, 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 and uh, you know, and we just see, uh, you know, we're focused on the chair, and then but Steve Martin is pacing back and forth, and we're only seeing just sort of a little bit of his midsection. But he's, uh, I, I say that I mean, it's so choreographed so well, and and I'd be interested to know, you know, how sort of chicken and egg this is because you know, is, is, did the timing truly just come? Did they know what the score was going to be about when they shot this and they try to measure the timing? Does that just happen in editing? Was the composer scoring to the scene, but it's just, Martin is dancing to this. And then it's that, that, that theme just climaxes right when he plops into the chair and it's just, the rhythm is so good.
1: Yeah. That little, it's like a little, like a clarinet tango. And yes, exactly. It, it just kind of—I think David Newman, I think was the uh was the writer for this. But I was just wondering if that particular scene was shown on a big screen, and he had a you know eight piece orchestra there, and just was pointing out, do that, you know, point at, point at the clarinet. Now, well, you play and now, the saxophone plays, and, right? Um, yeah, but yeah, exactly. it, does, it it really gets the rhythm going, and really. And I, uh, go
0: oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, I don't think there was. I mean, I don't think there's any breaks. It's, it's hard to say with absolute certainty, but, you know, Steve Martin comes from off-camera left and goes through off to the right. You know, they could have broken it there to, in the editing room to get the timing exactly right, but it doesn't look like it. There's no other noticeable jumps or changes in little shadows or anything.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's just, I mean, I like, you know, the other thing about this is this is a setup. For you know, it's foreshadowing of a of a later scene that will some some other group will talk about, but it's just you see all these random things going on that all you know this is Chekhov's gun, so it, it, you <laughs> right. see all these random things happening. It's like why is all that flesh tone paste pouring out of his forehead? <laughs> yes, um, exactly. But and 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 it's like you can tell that uh Bowfinger is just sick to death about thinking you know having to think about things. He just he he can't get a hold of. uh of kit and he's you know he's trapped and doomed um and we go exactly from there we, we go from to that marvelous incredibly deep focus scene where uh the rest of the cast and crew are you know assembled in the living room from uh uh carol who is uh, adjusting her makeup to you know to the uh the film crew who's in the back uh checking out their uh their Aeroflex camera and you're, everybody's in focus. It's all the, and it's not a split diopter or anything like that. It's just a very deep focus, which means it has to be well lit so that that we have this kind of a, a focus on the screen. Um, right,
0: it, and it, it's interesting that it's as you said, it's got to be well lit, but you know, nobody's uh, nobody's blown out, but people that are in the line of the direct sunlight that would be coming through the, the window have you know bright white hot spots, but the fact that th- knowing how well lit it has to be and knowing that the rest of it still is warm and smooth and subtle and realistic is really pretty mind-blowing
1: yeah it's and there's i love the i love the continuity of this whole thing we're watching uh daisy has changed into yet another outfit and with every outfit that she wears she becomes more revealing and a little less uh girl from ohio so she's wearing this uh like a (laughs) like a, uh, a strapless sundress, or it maybe has straps. I'm not sure. Um, no, it, still, it does have straps, but it's, she's wearing like a sundress with the uh, skirt pulled up to the uh, upper quarter of her thigh. Um, and um, Dave reaches reaches over and grabs the bowl of nuts that uh, Bowfinger had poured out for Daisy on their date the, the, the night before. And, uh, you know, so there's like continuity from the date night. So he's he's grabbing a snack. Uh, right.
0: And it's interesting. There's there's that kind of, you know, he's he's a, almost a little bit too familiar. She's holding yeah. it in her lap. And he mentioned the skirt isn't very long and things like that. And he just, you know, so reaches right on down there. And it looks at first like he's just going to take one. But instead, he just grabs the whole bowl.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and
0: without really any acknowledgement or anything like you know this is this is a a very sort of mildly almost intimate gesture but yeah
1: yeah it's just all part of the yeah this is they're they're they're, it's like they're on a they're on a spaceship in tight quarters and this is what you get to do you know give me my give me my mixed nuts i want some almonds you know um and i do the star of this movie to me is betsy i love that that dog is so great at sleeping on her back and just having her legs out and and that, that from what i've been reading about it uh they didn't know the dog would do this but the dog seems perfectly comfortable on a film set so they would just stick her on the couch she'd lay on her back <laughs> and not move and it was just you know she she found she found hollywood very pleasant right, she um, did oh, almost as much as jeff did yeah yeah and uh in here we get the revelation that uh, uh carol carol had met up with uh kit on the and when she wasn't supposed to talk to him down at the uh at the clothing store and she announces that she knows where uh, where Kit's going to be. Um and this could solve all of Bowfinger's problems, which is uh you know she she's kind of surprised him out of the blue with this perfect bit of knowledge. Um just a, you know again it's the randomness the, the unplanned nature of this the whole improv feeling even though it's a tightly scripted movie. The, right. the whole improv feeling of the whole thing you feel like this is happening at random even though it's a, a very carefully tightly scripted movie <laughs> um and you know we're, as we as we leave there and and get to the part with uh Jerry Renfro the guy who was going to make this a go picture if he could sign Kit Ramsey and we get to see we'll we'll set this up for for next week folks but we get to see uh Jerry Renfro's uh beloved did you, this was a a 1953 did you say I I was trying Yeah to
0: so it's so a 53 the Buick Roadmaster Skylark I yeah. had done a bit of bit of reading so that was uh that was brand new for 53 uh and uh GM did three convertibles that year they were all pretty radical redesigns and uh. they, I I don't know how long they didn't do the the uh Skylark for very long um may have only been may have only been for a couple of years but i wouldn't want to quote myself on that but just a oh, an absolutely beautiful car even back when there were almost no u- ugly cars anyway
1: no this one looks, this this one looks like it would it, it it looks like it should be in roger rabbit or something It all yeah has a it personality does. with that mouth on it and it's just a beautiful I, i've i've always loved some version of or another of the buick roadmaster back in the back in the 80s when i had two little kids um, we had been looking at things like, you know, Dodge caravans and stuff, but I saw, uh, I saw a Buick Roadmaster, which at the time was the largest uh, station wagon available in the mid eighties. I didn't get it, but I've always, I always had this terrible covetousness of uh, of Buick <laughs> Roadmasters. One, one of the, um, the statistics I remember about the, the Buick Roadmaster of 1986 was the distance from the front of the bumper to the front of the radiator inside the hood was 30 inches it's oh two, two and a half feet between the bumper and the radiator and it's like and the whole the whole car was like it was just oversized right. everything so
0: and you know it's funny you'd mention that because I as I was curious about the size of it and the length of it because I I'm intrigued by cars of that era that you know this is a this is a uh, quote-unquote little two-door convertible
1: this is well, you know
0: this is sort of a small version of it the thing is just over 17 feet long
1: wow yeah small, the, a, a small battleship ball. yeah it's a, yes exactly yeah and yes. i mean you, you think about there's enough there's probably enough metal in there to build a, a b-17 out of it it's just <laughs> exactly astonishing and those tires the tires go on for forever um, you know, I think I think the uh the B fifty twos was thinking about, you know, this this is it's as big as a whale. Um You're it's right. definitely back in the age when you you didn't need a cr- the crumple zone was already built into the car because it was just this gigantic heap of iron um and chrome. Just a a beautiful thing. I, hard exactly. to work on, but uh yeah, it's uh, uh it's a stunner.
0: Just magnificent. And it fascinates me too that the uh, and and this may just be something that everybody everybody does when they get to be you know grumpy old men like us. But um, you know we're we're always commenting. We look at cars today and sort of the you know especially that kind of smaller to midsize SUV and and they all look just about exactly the same. They all have the same shape i mean you know you're a tesla guy tesla is an exception to that you can you can often or if not always tell a tesla but you know all the suvs and things, whether it's a you know our subaru or a porsche cayenne or any of those things all have that same sort of shape interesting to me about something like this buick it's from an era as soon as you look at it you know immediately the era at all the chrome all the bright work and everything else but the and and it takes a little bit of sort of studying and paying attention to figure out you know which which is which but they didn't they still didn't all look alike back then
1: yeah yeah no they, you could tell a buick from a from a chevy to a, where i live right. here here in texas where i live in arlington um they built a general motors plant in the mid 1950s and there are pictures of uh, downtown arlington texas where every car on the street is a General Motors car, but they all look different. They all, you know, every it was a company town, so everybody everybody had a GM car, but the Chevys and the Buicks, you you know, you could you could tell them all all apart from each other. Just um, you know, And, right. and it was a matter of, I mean, it, you were that kind of a family. You were, you know, you were a Dodge family. You were a Chevy family. Your 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 dad always bought a Pontiac, that kind of a thing. Right. Um, and it just was interesting what the. The brand loyalty level back then was so. It was almost like you were rooting for a football team. It just kind of.
0: Yeah, just, that's exactly it. And if you had the, you know, uh, my dad in particular um, was always much more of a European car guy. And as soon as you introduce that element, then oh yeah, <laughs> the the variety just just skyrockets. Uh, you know that much, that much farther. But yeah, I mean in that instance, you know. People are rooting for their football teams and, you know, my dad's the guy watching the World Cup.
1: <laughs> so What do you mean metric? Yeah. The, yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. My uh, uh, my neighborhood in New Jersey, uh, there was a man down the street from us who bought, at the time, an extremely rare uh, model, a Saab. And the Saab kind of looked like a VW Beetle. It was a, just similar. Oh, sure. And people yeah, but always, a little bit
0: more sort of stretched and stylized, and yeah,
1: yeah, it had that just that that teardrop kind of shape to it, but it was just a little bit different. And people were always asking, "What kind of Volkswagen is that?" And it's what? like, no, it's a. You look at the logo on the back; it's a Saab. Um, But it was. I, I just re- I just remember he had that Saab and was always having to correct people about what the brand was. Yeah, um, it's just and, gosh, you know, you see a car like this and you think, where did. Where do we go you know it's the world has changed so much in within our own lifetime um right. that the, you know other than wheels and headlights it, it they're entirely different shapes and um you know and the idea of how much maintenance would have to go into that particular that you know back in 1953 you were you know you had a you had to pretty much be able to work on your car to uh to you know keep it going There was always something right. going on with the radiator and stuff like that and nowadays the. <clears throat> Yeah, but you're yeah.
0: also allowed to work on your car. Yeah,
1: that's true. That's you true. Know, you know. weren't,
0: if you knew what you were doing, you weren't, you know, it may not have been necessarily always easy, but you weren't actively prevented from it or just, you know, yeah, just you told did. you need to, to take this computer out and put this other computer in.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Read read the, read, whatever the error code is and things like right. that. Yes. Gosh, we sound old, but I uh, <laughs> we sure do, <laughs> but right. it's uh you know, it's the times we live in and, and, you know, probably, uh, you know, you'll probably have to buy some kind of like antivirus kit for your, for your car in the next five years. Yeah, you know? exactly. What kind of, where are you driving? I'm driving a Norton. Uh, it's, yeah. It's,
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, but,
1: uh, wow. But it's, <laughs> yeah, and this is, I mean, it's, it's funny that we think 1999 to us, to us old guys, it feels like it was, you know, only a couple of years ago, but here right. we're coming up. It's, it's, it's going to be in the, you know, a quarter of a century ago. And it's just, there's little things in here, that you don't like, like the world has changed for us so much, and you know we've talked about it all this week. Like this, we've gone from film to video, digital, and and um, there there's a joke at the beginning of this that uh, Bowfinger wants to look like somebody important, so he rips a cell phone out of a car. And, you know, all these status symbols that are now like <laughs> every fifth grader has an iPhone. and Right. Um, but, you know, it, it's just it's just strange watching how fast the world changes within our own lifetimes. Um, but things are still the same. I mean, it's still, the you know, people making movies still have to be a little bit of a they have to have a little bit of bow finger in them to get the movies done. So that right. that still resonates.
0: And you know, the one different thing is that uh, people like you and me still sit down and talk about movies, uh, but then we're foolish enough to record it and <laughs> presume that somebody else actually wants to hear it.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, uh Fortunately, we don't have a we don't have a bell preceding us to let people let people know like a telephone. So um, it's uh yeah you can thank thank you to everybody here for voluntarily listening to our uh, our uh, prattling.
0: If if anyone Uh, is listening under duress, blink twice. (laughs) Otherwise wow
1: yeah you know but, uh it is this has been a great week and, and Hal, thanks so much for being a part of this i appreciate oh, you being on here it's it's likewise it's, thank you this has been a blast it's it's always fun talking movies with you um but we have other people coming in uh next week so it, please if you know you can uh, you can find us wherever you found this you're probably already know where to get bowfinger but if you don't uh try apple podcast spotify google play or you can go to our main site out on the interwebs uh, bowfingerminute.com if you've got time please please best way you can help us we don't ask for money or nothing like that uh, if you could like and subscribe and please review the show and give us a give us a bunch of stars on apple Podcasts or spotify or wherever you can review please do because that brings more people in to listen to it um i just want to also want to mention that on social media you can find us and talk back to us on facebook at welcome to Mindhead, the bowfinger minute listener center it's out there on facebook love to have you on board also on twitter at bowfinger minute easy to remember um And this being Friday, I just want to mention there are hundreds of other Movies by Minutes podcasts available at moviesbyminutes.com. All these guys that you're hearing every week, um, these men and women who just love sitting around talking about movies, uh, we are out there at moviesbyminutes.com if you have a favorite movie the chances are good that somebody's made a movies by minute podcast about it if it hasn't if they haven't made one you are more than welcome to join us moviesbyminutes.com has a facebook site and you can reach there uh, from moviesbyminutes.com we would love to help you get your own favorite movie out there uh, on the internet on on a podcast we'd love to help you there um if you're uh, you've been noticing the music here on uh On the Bowfinger Minute. I have to uh, give kudos to our singer, Mr. Math. He's in France and uh, he is also, you can listen to his other uh, many beautiful songs on Spotify. Great voice, uh, Mr. Math out there. Uh, Anyway, please uh, join us with a new crew uh, next week. Thanks for listening to us this week. But uh, in the meantime, as you get into the weekend, please remember to keep it together, keep it together, keep it together.
0: together children I hope that we'll see you again cause there's always